uh, morning, and, and just God's going to do some cool things today. So would you guys stand with us, and we're going to start with the song, Raise a Hallelujah. Feel free to sing along with us. The lyrics are up here. I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I'll raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I'll raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody I'll raise a hallelujah and heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing oh I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes will arise death is defeated the king is alive and I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me I'll raise a hallelujah I will watch the darkness flee I'll raise a hallelujah In the middle of the mystery I'll raise a hallelujah together with us sing a little louder sing a little louder louder sing a little louder sing a little louder sing a little louder and sing a little louder sing a little louder sing a little louder in the presence of the enemy, sing a little louder and louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder. And heaven comes to fight for me. Sing a little louder. And I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, 
alive. He is alive. You can have a seat here for a second. Well, good morning. We are really excited about the morning and what God has for us as we gather together and just on these uh, We Are One Sundays and celebrate community and give you the opportunity to kind of share and visit with people around the tables and, and uh, just gives us a chance to get to know people better. I want to draw your attention to just ask you to make sure that you look through your bulletin. Um, as we get to the end of January, February goes quickly and then we're into the spring and we're just excited about what's going to be happening over these next few months. Um, Easter Choir, if you're interested in being in a choir, there's still opportunity to do that. Uh, rehearsals will start later on in the month of, in the month of uh, February. And so if you have a voice and you sang in choir in high school, I'll bet you still can sing. So keep that, keep that in mind. Uh, men's Breakfast, a week from this Saturday morning. Those are becoming more and more just a great time for men to get together. And along that line, we want to keep in front of you uh, the men's groups are going to be starting. Uh, when I get done here, we'll, we'll have a short video clip. Uh, we have, to this point, four groups that are committed to meet. Uh, two of them, they're going to be meeting on Wednesday evening, a Tuesday morning group, and a Friday morning group. And we'll have a full list of those opportunities in the bulletin next Sunday and who the leaders are. And then we have um, Dewey Clapp is committed to leading another group. And basically, if those times don't fit with you, uh, Dewey is retired and has the ability to just be available whenever you're available. And so we're going to have a group that will fit in a time slot that, that others can't meet into. Um, the, the materials that we're going to be using, one of the groups is going to be going through Experiencing God. The other groups are going to be using material from CORE, which is a men's ministry group. And each of the sessions will consist of like a 10-minute testimony of a man, uh, just various people. There's a, there's a former military guy. There's some sports people that you will recognize their names that just shares about how God worked in their lives. And then the discussion is, is based around that particular topic and how God has worked in their lives. And the nice part about the curriculum is that we know that there's going to be weeks that you won't be able to be there and things come up and life gets busy and each of these lessons kind of stand on their own. So you can be there for 9 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 and, and still enjoy the fellowship and the camaraderie with the men. So why don't you play that video if you've got that and then I'll, we'll continue on. When I was younger, I had dreams of being a father and being a husband and being a good husband. The day that I got married, she came to me and she asked me for an open relationship. And that began the downward spiral. And I remember like drinking and partying and just hooking up with this girl. I didn't even know her name. And I remember just being like, this is out of control. I'm not even anymore just like any good movie trailer not enough to tell you much but enough to intrigue your inner your <laughs> your interest so each week we'll have a testimony of a real life real life guy and just how God has worked in his life so 
Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get on with our morning. Father, it's good to be here in your presence, to be able to be here with your people. It's our prayer this morning that we would connect with you, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts through the testimonies, through the baptism, through time in your word, through the music as we worship together. God, we know that we need you, and we know that we need to hear your voice. And so we pray that in the quietness of each of our hearts today, that your spirit would connect with our spirit, and we would hear the voice of God. And we pray this in your name. Amen. I'm going to ask Bobby to come up and introduce our testimony for the morning. And she's really excited about this. About three years ago, I was in a Bible study with Belinda, and that's how I got to know her. Uh, Belinda is someone with a very gentle spirit, but a deep faith. Um, also, she is quite the learner. If ever you play Bible trivia and you want to win, you want her to be on your team. <laughs> um, anyway, Belinda, I believe that as she shares, she would want you to see how God has been faithful in the past and how he's faithful now. And um, so anyway, I'm just glad that Belinda's going to share her God story. pray as you start, shall we? Okay. <laughs> a loving husband. <laughs> so let's pray. God, we're thankful for Belinda this morning and just the, the courage to share what you've done in her life. We just pray that you would just speak through her thoughts and as that she speaks, she would sense those things that, that you want her to share and those things that you know will bring glory to you. And so we commit the time to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. have a bad issue with emotional incontinence that would be okay <laughs> but I'm here to give glory to God and the verse that came up on my phone for my daily Bible verse today was commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established Proverbs 16 3 and I I'm thankful for that because I have struggled over what to say today I wrote a whole bunch of things out this week, and, and then when I read through them again, I knew that wasn't what he wanted me to say, so I feel like I'm kind of winging it, but let him talk through me. So, um, so you can kind of understand my journey that he's brought me along. Um, I was brought up in a really strict religious home, and... I had, there were good and bad, and the good was that I was taught um, from the first I can remember the Bible from beginning to the end, and I learned to love the Old Testament, and uh, I really was intrigued with, with the connection between, uh, that goes from the beginning to the 
all through it of Israel and all of the um, the names that the fathers, sons, and how, how it all goes through there. And, and I didn't realize until just a few years ago how intricate and precise those things are that the Lord has put in his word. So when I was growing up, I, um, I had a very wrong opinion of the Lord. I, I thought that he was a very hard taskmaster, didn't want us to have any fun at all. If, if <laughs> I just felt like he, he wanted me to do everything I didn't want to do. And I want you to know that was totally, totally wrong. It took me a long time to find that out. So um, as I was growing up, I had some, uh, my, my parents were divorced and I was at a boarding school for, for all my years of high school, and that was kind of tough. Uh, I wasn't even uh, 13 when I went to boarding school. So um, kind of floundered around a lot. And, but I had some really, really kind Christian people to be by my side and, and encourage me and they, they did. I'm so thankful for them. Um, but <clears throat> Lord help me. <laughs> when I uh, got married to my first husband, um, we grew in the Lord together. And we went through a lot. We lost our first baby. 22 weeks he was still born and that was a pretty tough blow for us uh, but we we have four we had four living children we do still have them but my husband is not with us he was uh, I guess that's where I really learned to trust the Lord was when uh, we found out that he had cancer and we had just recently moved from Ohio to Wyoming we didn't know anyone here to speak of and um, we had only been out here for about six weeks when he started to have bad issues. And we found out that he was in st stage four uh, stomach cancer. And the most amazing thing about all of this was we, we moved from a family business in Ohio to a ranch out here it's on 313. Uh, the Bartlett Ranch, and a lot of people don't like the owner of that ranch, but he was who we needed right then, and um, he had recently lost his own wife to cancer about two years before we moved out there, and because of the huge expense and everything, he had changed his insurance for all the employees to cover cancer. And we were the beneficiaries of that. Um, at any rate, uh, my husband was hired to be the manager at one end of the ranch, and he wasn't the manager very long. And even when he was sick, the owner kept paying him the same salary. 
and then he couldn't work. And we found out about the cancer in December, and my husband was gone on Father's Day of '09. Well, the next the next year, and um, I had four kids. The oldest one was a boy, and he was 12. And I had three girls, nine, um, five, and four. And I didn't know how to go on. I was, I was saying, Lord, you took the wrong person. I can't do this. But somehow, I, somehow, he gave me the strength. And I didn't do it all right, that's for sure. My kids can testify to that. Um, he provided in so many ways. One of the ways was uh, the owner of the ranch allowed me to continue to work for him at, in his horse barn because he had a herd of brood mares and I helped take care of them and he paid me the same amount in salary as he was paying my husband to be manager of the ranch. That's one miracle. And then um, on a sort of personal note with that, I had never handled our finances before that time. And I didn't know how to budget. My husband was the one that did all that. And so I was really winging it. And, but because, because of the salary and because of the death benefits that we are allowed through Social Security, I was able to figure out how to do it, I wasted the way more than I would like to think about. But he helped me with that, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that help. But he provided in all kinds of ways, and, and my 12-year-old son uh, wrecked our vehicle right after, like two months after we buried his dad. He rolled it four times, and it was crushed, and he walked out of it. I, I was so grateful to the Lord that he didn't ask me to beat my son up too. <laughs> but anyway, so I worked on the ranch and we lived there for five years, five more years. And the Lord provided for us. Um, we, there was a young man on the ranch that um, went to Frontier Bible School at the beginning and then decided to stay out here. And he would work on my vehicles. <laughs> because I know nothing about that, <laughs> or I didn't. Now I know a lot more, but um, so there were just tons of ways that the Lord provided for a widow and her kids that I didn't even know to ask for. Um, but in, in the process of time, I wanted to remarry, and but I'd, I'd asked the Lord for someone who was very, who wanted him. That was the bottom line, wanted him and was willing to lead a family that didn't belong to him by blood. And I thought I had found that man or he had found me, whatever. And so I married him and 2014 and he wasn't what I thought he was. It was a rough road, but I, I am thankful for one thing, or several things that, that he introduced me to. There was a preacher, well, he's not a preacher, he's a teacher, and he has passed on now, Chuck Missler, um, but he 
has a lot of Bible studies on uh, either online you can get through the website that he started or they used to have them on the radio too but anyway I started to go through those because my um, now ex-husband um, introduced me to them and I was amazed that there was so much precision in the Bible that their every word and every punctuation in in the original is there remember Jesus said he would fulfill it every jaw every tittle would be fulfilled and that I believe that with all my heart and to see the precision through the Old Testament and how it was fulfilled how many prophecies Jesus fulfilled and is going to still it's amazing and I every time I think about that I can't I mean, the tears come, but they're not, they're, they're praise to him. And uh, I guess Bobby was saying about Bible trivia and all that. Part of that is from my upbringing. Part of it is from the study with Chuck Missler. But I'm grateful for that because it helped me um, in this, through all this trouble, he held me firm because I, I knew who I know who he is. I know his character. I, I don't understand everything, a whole lot, but I know who he is. I know that he's faithful. I know that he's loving and kind, and he doesn't put more on us than we can take. And I have thought that he has over and over and over again, but he's brought me through. And I am here because of him. And only because of him. Thank you. <laughs> Belinda, you could have kept you could have kept going for a long time. That was awesome. I was like, preach it. Let's go. This is Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6. And as you were sharing that your testimony, I was thinking about the character of God. And it says, the, He is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. Now listen to this. God sets the lonely in families... He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. And that really hit me this morning. If we are living in rebellion, we are going to be miserable until we surrender everything to him. I don't know where you're at today, but I would encourage you to open your heart to God. Open your heart. He's ready to receive us with open arms. And sometimes we, we, we try to interpret God like, well, he's not going to accept me. He's, he's, he's going to be mad at me. And, but I'm telling you, just trust him. Just give him, give him a chance. Let's continue to sing. And praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. 
turn to you and hope is stirring hearts are yearning for you we long for you cause when we see you we find strength to face the day in your presence all our fears are washed away washed away Hosanna and Hosanna you are the God who saves us worthy of all our praises and Hosanna strength but I want to encourage you um, again we're not, we're not up here to put on a show we we're here to sing together and so I want to hear every single one of your voices let's sing this loud when we see you we find strength encourage your brothers and sisters next to you by singing loud not pretty all right that's not the goal loud not pretty it's when we see you we find strength to face the day oh yeah in your presence all our fears are washed away washed away Worthy of all our praises, oh. 
Jesus, come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Oh, we welcome you here, Lord. We welcome you here. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, and oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. Perfect submission, perfect delight, and visions of rapture now burst at my sight, and angels descending bring from above echoes of This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. Perfect submission, all is at rest, and I in my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, washed in His this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day this is my story, this is my song, and 
praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we do just praise you. We want that to be our story, that, that our, our life is lived out as a, as a praise offering to you. God, we, we fall so short of that every single day. But God, we thank you for your grace and um, we thank you for your love that just pulls us back into the fold, reminds us that you love us. There's, there's nothing we can do to make you love us anymore or any less. God, your love is constant. God, your character is, we can count on you in every situation. Thank you for Belinda's story. I thank you that that reminds us that, that if you can show up in her life, that you can show up in our lives. And we just, we love you, God, and we just pray that you bless the rest of the service in your name. Amen. You can be seated. theme of the morning is new beginnings and we felt it was appropriate with knowing Belinda's story that that's a a good theme for us to focus our attention on and how God in many times in our lives works through um, new beginnings sometimes those beginnings come about because he and his sovereignty allows things to come into our lives or leave our lives uh, that was not part of our decision And other times God works in our lives in such a way that he brings us to a point in which we know we need a new beginning. He just draws our hearts to him. And and so this morning, I want us to focus a little bit on just kind of the anatomy of a new beginning or a new or a fresh start. And as I as I've thought about this over the past couple weeks, there's just been some things that I, I know in my own life that I haven't, I hadn't really recognized before. Um, there's one verse passage that we're going to talk about this morning that never in my wildest dreams did I think had anything to do with new beginnings, but God just kind of impressed upon my heart that that's the heart of it. And so uh, this morning, let's just talk about new beginnings. Within the ministry of the body of Christ, the ultimate new beginning is when we receive Christ into our hearts as Savior and Lord. The verse that I like to draw always that I want to start with this morning is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, just a couple verses down from what Sunrise theme verse is. And that verse is this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. A new beginning. For about the first 40 years of my life, I was involved in production agriculture. Grew up on a farm, uh, farmed on my own and with my dad for upwards of over 20 years. And so there are certain things about agriculture that, that play very well into understanding spiritual concepts. 
One of my favorite times of year in agriculture is the springtime. And if those, those of you that have lived around here very long will recognize this. And, and it's not that the models of farming have changed over the past 20 years, but nonetheless, this is a, a vivid memory. And that is in the spring every year, the farmers go to the field and they work down the ground from the residue that was there from the year before. And for, in lots and lots of circumstances, they go in and it requires a lot of fuel and a lot of time and they plow the ground. And that process involves taking that which is old and turning it upside down so that what is left on top is a fresh, good smelling, damp, wet soil. And it just lays the groundwork. It, it sets the environment for the next generation of plants that's going to be grown on that ground. And, and it just, I, I love the smell of that and the appearance of that. And it just, it just gives the impression that things are ready to grow. Things are, the, the season is here. Yet in reality, there's a part of that process that you don't see. And that is with the turning over of the soil, there remains in that soil millions and millions of weed seeds that are there from years past, depending on how good a farmer you were. There's funguses, there's diseases, there's all kinds of things that are still remain in that soil even though the appearance on top is fresh and new and wet and fertile. As I thought about that this week, that is really an accurate depiction of what new beginnings are. Even in the verse that we looked at in 2 Corinthians, it talks about the old is gone, the new has come, and yet for all of us, as we placed our faith and in, in, in trust in Christ as Savior, there, we made a decision, and yet there were things in our past that we had to deal with over the course of time, and, and God brought us through, and He healed, and He restored, and, and so it begins with a decision, but it follows along with a process. And so this morning, I, I want to look at three aspects of, of a fresh start. What, what, what's the process? How does God work those things in our lives? And, and, and this is applicable for the biggest decision of our life and our eternity, and that's placing our faith and trust in Christ. And it's also applicable for those things that we do that are way less significant, a New Year's resolution, um, a new commitment to diet or exercise or watching less TV or the process of a fresh start or a new beginning is very much the same. And so I want us to look at what that looks like and potentially some of the reasons that we fail in those endeavors. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul gives a description of the Thessalonians and a, and a point of admiration and encouragement that he sees in them. And I want to use that as our starting off point because it really does contain all the pieces of a new beginning or a fresh start. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. The finishing of a sentence. Then he says, They tell us how you turn to God from idols to serve the living 
and true God. There's three pieces that are identified in that phrase. You turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. What's the first part? The first part of a fresh start or a new beginning is a decision. There's a decision that needs to be made. And, and oftentimes, when we seek a new beginning in our lives, we make a decision, but that decision does not come at a point of need or significance. It just starts as an idea. You know, as I have watched numerous people come to Christ over the years that, that I've been involved with the church and walked with Christ myself, the thing that I have noticed is that those people that come to Christ, that come to Christ from a point of being on the bottom, are the decisions that God honors the most, and over time, they grow and flourish. And I think that's true for many of the decisions that we make for a fresh start or a new beginning. Psalm chapter 40, and the first few verses, 1 through 3, I like this picture because it's a perfect picture of what the decision needs to be if the fresh start or the new beginning is going to take hold. I, turned, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. What I like most of all about that passage is it gives me a picture of what a decision needs to be if it's going to affect for lasting change. And that is a picture of someone that is stuck in the mud. They're in a place or in a circumstance or in there's something going on in their life that they don't have an answer to. They can't overcome it. And, and the picture is of, of someone reaching up for a hand to help lift them out of something that they're powerless to take care of on their own. And new beginnings that start from that point in time are beginnings that have a foundation that continue on. Perfect example in our Christian faith. When we come to the place that we acknowledge that I can't do this on my own, God. I can't live in a right relationship with you. I'm sinful and you're holy. And we reach the bottom. That's when God can really begin to work on our lives. In those lesser decisions that we make in our lives, the, the new courses or the new things that we want to implement into our lives, oftentimes the motivation is, you know, I ought to do that. I should do that. It'd be better if I did that. Um, my friends or my family or my wife thinks I should do that. But those decisions don't start because we're at the bottom. It just starts as a, as a good idea. And oftentimes, we fail in those decisions because we're not at the end of our rope. We're not desperate for change to occur or begin in our lives. The second thing I see in the First Thessalonians passage is that it starts with a decision and then comes a divide. A divide, a turn, a change of direction. That's the very definition of what repentance is. Notice that, that passage says that they turned to God from idols. There was a change of focus. 
a change of priorities. The New Testament believers and us today, our salvation experience, the second step is that we need to agree with God concerning our condition and our need. It's an about face, a change of focus. Sometimes that comes because God brings us to that point. As I mentioned earlier, sometimes that divide occurs because God brings something in or takes something out of our lives that we weren't counting on that being the, the case. A decision and then a divide. And then the third thing that we see in 1 Thessalonians is that there has to be an exchange. And, and, and frankly, as, as I thought about this this week, I don't, I don't think this had ever crossed my mind. An exchange. The passage says, turn to God from idols to serve. There's an exchange. There's, there's some motion in the new direction. It's not just an about face. There's some new direction. I want to draw your attention to a passage in the New Testament I was driving to, to Cheyenne on Friday and just kind of, as I often do, just kind of meditating through what I wanted to share this weekend and just having a little conversation with God. And, and this passage, and I believe it was God, certainly, this, this passage popped into my mind. And my first thought was, what does that have to do with a new beginning or a decision? It didn't make any sense to me. And yet as I got to a place where I could safely look at the Bible and look on my phone. And the more I read through the verse, it was like, that makes everything, that has everything to do with making a decision. Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. And this is in the context, Jesus is talking about evil spirits and about demons. But the principle that he is talking about here is crucial. And I want to draw your attention to that. Luke 11, verses 24 through 26. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Okay, what do I mean by an exchange? Let me give you a really simple example. For New Year's, I decide that I need to start exercising. That's, I haven't been doing that. That's, and so I make a decision that for 45 minutes, three days a week, I'm going to exercise. Okay? I change my course from what I wasn't doing to what I want to do. But what we often miss when we make a decision as simple as that is that it requires an exchange. Before I made that decision, my days and my time and my life was full. And so if I commit myself to an extra 45 minutes, three days a week, there has to be an exchange. There has to be an exchange of time and commitment in order for me to be able to follow through with that. 
in the salvation, our salvation experience, the exchange takes place immediately, and God does that. We're changed from a place of living under the condemnation and the wrath of God because of our sinful condition, and when we come to Christ, there's an exchange, and now the blood of Christ cleanses us, and God views us through the righteousness of Christ. And we're told in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. So that's the exchange. But in these decisions that we make, we forget the fact that our lives are full, our time is full, I want to change my diet, so what does that mean? What do I have to exchange? And that's exactly what this passage is talking about. The evil spirit went out of this house, and the owner of that house cleaned it and put everything back in place, but what he didn't do is he didn't occupy it. There wasn't something to fill that void. So consequently, the evil spirit came back, brought seven of his friends, and the circumstance or the life was in worse shape than it was before. The third part of a new beginning is that there has to be an exchange from what was to what will become. I can't tell you how many times over the course of the years that I've made decisions or chosen a new course, sometimes simple things, sometimes complicated things, and I've missed that point. And I wonder why I fall on my face and why I'm not successful. Because I make a decision and I, there's a divide that occurs and yet I don't recognize something has to give in order for this to become a reality. And that's the picture in First Thessalonians. To God, from idols, to serve. Something fills that gap. And in the Christian experience, if, if I make a decision to turn my life over to Christ, the, the heavenly and the holy part is taken care of by God. But the reality is there has to be an exchange in my life because my life is full. Now I know that I need God in my life. And so I have to find time to spend in God's Word. I have to spend time with God's people. I have to spend time in prayer. What does that require? It requires an exchange. Something has to give in order for me to have time and make a priority to build those things in my life. An exchange. And that means that when I make a decision for Christ, that decision can't be I'm adding God onto the already busy schedule that I have. That's not what God intends. When we come to faith in Christ, God wants and desires and needs to be the centerpiece of our life with all of these other things rot rotating around the reality of that. An exchange. That's part of a new beginning. Change is hard. New beginnings are hard. But the good news is that within the context of Scripture, God tells us that we don't have to do those things on our own. We know the exchange that took place in the heavenlies because of the blood of Christ and, 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 and are no longer being under the wrath of God. God takes care of that. But He also makes provisions for us, for our daily lives, to work and enable us to bring about change. There's three verses in Philippians chapter Philippians that I want to draw your attention to. Philippians is a great verse if you want to be encouraged about how God is working in your life. It begins in chapter 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Talking about our salvation and talking about our growth in our relationship with God, he began the work and he will carry it on. We don't have to do this ourselves. I don't have to wake up in the morning and by my own might and strength and determination, I'm going to be a successful Christian today. God says, he's going to carry that work on in each of our lives until the day that we stand in the presence of Christ himself in eternity. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God's the one that has to bring the changes about. He, he impresses upon our heart that I need to make a decision. He impresses upon my heart the divide that needs to take place. And then he helps me make the exchange. What to weed out. What to draw in. It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And then finally in Philippians again, chapter 4, verse 13. Very familiar verse. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So that's God's provision for new beginnings. And it's all in Christ. And it's all in his power and his ability to work in our lives. And yet we need to understand that, that there's things that are involved in that process. A decision, a divide, an exchange. And then the last verse I want to share with you this morning is from 2 Peter. And if you haven't noticed it, you will notice it over time. This is, this is one of my personal go-to passages. Just because every time I read it, it's a reminder to me of how God works and desires to work in my own heart. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has given us, given me, everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. His divine power has given to me. A grant is something you don't have to pay back. It's something that's given to you. He has granted to me everything I need to walk in victory in my Christian life. If I fall on my face, it's because I choose to walk away from that provision. It's not because God failed me. It's not because God turned his back for a moment because he was paying attention to something else. It's because I lost focus in the reality of his promise and his provision for me. Every Thing we need for a godly life through the knowledge of him. And that's why as we read this book and we read the promises that are there and we read the realities that are there and what God, how God works in the lives of his people, it encourages us. That's part of his provision for us. Then the last part of, our, of God's provision for us is what we're talking about this morning as we talk about and celebrate community. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. 
We need each other. That's part of God's perfect provision for us as we walk and experience this relationship with Christ. We need our brothers and sisters. There's days that, that we need to hear a, a, a human voice say to us, I'm praying for you. Be encouraged. I know it's a hard day for you. I want you to know I'm thinking about you. Here's a verse that God gave to me today. I hope it's an encouragement to you. Part of God's provision for us as we walk through the new beginning and the reality of the change in our lives is that he gave us each other. And that's what we want to celebrate today. For the next few moments, you've got some questions on your table. Uh, hopefully you're sitting with some people that maybe you haven't sat with before. And we want to give you about 10 minutes to just talk about the realities of new beginnings. Maybe you want to share a new beginning that was successful or a new beginning that wasn't so successful. Um, that's what we find when we're honest with each other that, that uh, you know, we're all cut from the same cloth. We have the same sinful nature. We struggle with a lot of the same things. And as we share with one another, it, it encourages those around us. So take a few moments. Just interact around your table. Get to know those that are there if you don't know. And then we'll draw this back together and then have our baptism this morning.
Okay, let's move on with the morning. As I, as I started this morning with an illustration about, about agriculture, I want to finish our time here together in community with an, an illustration about agriculture as well. One of the changing practices in, in agriculture over the last 20 years is what they call minimum tillage. And rather than turning over the ground and starting with the freshly plowed ground, the farmers will just work over the old crop residue and leave it laying on top of the ground. And the reality of that is that the old crop and the old residue and the stuff that's laying on top of the ground becomes a source of protection from the wind. It accumulates the moisture from the rain and it creates an environment in which the young plants can be protected until such time as they're big enough to stand on their own. And the reality of that picture is that's exactly what community is within the body of Christ. Those of us that are, have gray hair and we're decaying, <laughs> as it were, God has put us in a position to be protecting and nurturing and creating an environment where the new in the faith and the young in the faith can grow until such time as their maturity and their roots are strong enough that they can stand on their own. And so as you go through and drive around the community this spring and you see the fields that are in that manner, that's a precise picture of what the body of Christ needs to be. That the old, that which has had its season the year before, becomes available and able to provide an environment in which growth can take place for the tender young plants that are just trying to get themselves established. It's the body of Christ. It's exactly what we need to be doing. So this morning, as part of our time together, we want to have a baptism. And it's our goal as time goes by to make it available for anyone to be baptized when we have these We Are One Sundays. So it'll be about once a quarter, um, give or take. And, and so we encourage you to ask God if you've not been baptized, if that's a step of obedience he wants you to take. There's three places in Scripture that baptism is mentioned. The first is John's baptism of repentance when John the, Baptize, John the Baptist came and, and baptized people, and that was the repentance, very much that change of direction. And then Jesus himself was baptized at the beginning of his, of his ministry period of his life. It was a commissioning that now this is a new beginning, now I'm going to begin my public ministry. And in the book of Acts, baptism symbolized um, the fact that the person had accepted Christ and they wanted to give a visible example or a picture to the world that they now had made a decision and they were putting their life and their future in Christ's hands. Salvation is not, or baptism is not salvation, but rather baptism is a picture of what salvation is and how the effect that it brings about in our life. And so we're going to ask Lauren Correa to come up. She's our candidate for baptism this morning. And Matt and Megan Parker, they've been um, instrumental in her life. And uh, Lauren's going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism this morning.
Um, we just really quick wanted to say something. Lauren was nervous to talk. <laughs> it's just been a real joy to, to get to walk alongside Lauren. This last year, she was in our life group, and, you know, she's really been on a new kind of faith journey the last couple of years and wanting to walk in obedience with the Lord and um, continue to grow in her faith. And we've really seen that in our group this last this last year since we started meeting and her hunger um, for the word, her hunger for God and for righteousness and the fact that she, she doesn't want to stop. And um, we're just excited to be able to stand with her this morning in this step of outward obedience that she can proclaim to all of you that, yes, um, she doesn't lead a perfect life. Um, yes, she has a past, as we all do, um, but by the grace of God, he's He's doing awesome things in her life. And so we celebrate that. And this morning, um, I was just thinking about out of uh, Philippians chapter 1 also. Um, for you, Lauren, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Just real quick here. Um, one thing that uh, Scott Mathis always used to, to say to me, um, and I've already told Lauren this, but don't doubt in the dark what God has revealed in the light. And so I just try and encourage you guys to, if, if God is putting this on your heart, to, uh, and if you make a decision for it later on when you get by yourself, don't doubt it. So, how is it? Can I turn around the other way? There you go. Okay. All right. Oh, get this over your mic. I'll hold here. I'll hold here. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. Lauren, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Yes. Okay. So I'll let you sit down. We'll start from a sitting position. <laughs> okay. All right. Lauren Correa, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and Holy Spirit. Died and crucified with Christ and raised to newness of life. Got it? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect job. Praise God. Okay. Again, if God's moving if you want to take a your spirit, you want to take this step of obedience, please come and talk to somebody. Talk to one of our leaders. All right. You can see where you're going. God is so awesome. Let's sing this chorus. It's your breath in our lungs. It's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath. So we pour out our praise to you 
Have a great week, sunrise.